Let Eurovision Queens begin! Welcome to Eurovision Queens, a podcast exploring and celebrating the glory that is the Eurovision Song Contest. Hello, I'm Andy. Remember me? I was tossed and turning like a ship without a sea. And I'm Ryan. And I've got nowhere to go. I've got nowhere to be. But right here, right now. Gosh. Mm. I think you'd have to be a super fan to actually know what those lyrics are from, but all will become clear in this episode. They were both pretty deep cuts, weren't they? Very deep cuts, yes. So if anyone got either of those, congrats. You are probably quite sad, but we love you for it. Well, they might have read the show notes. True. True facts. (laughs) Welcome to episode 18. This is our first regular episode in quite some time, so much so that both of us are sat here thinking, how do we do this? Yeah, I can't even remember the last time we actually did a normal episode. Thank you for listening to our six special Eurovision 2023 episodes, which we enjoyed greatly. It was also wonderful that we really increased listenership during the Eurovision season, didn't we? Yeah, it's nice to see how many Eurovision fans there actually were out there. Yeah, and thank you for following us on socials as well. So what's been happening since our last episode in which we reviewed the contest? So Lorene has taken over the charts absolutely everywhere. Every sort of chart. All the charts. All the charts. And anyone having doubts about her, you know, victory, you just need to see the public reaction in every country to her song and how successfully it's done in downloads and whatever it is. The only place she's not number one uh-huh. is Sweden. Ah. But that's because she was number one months ago in Sweden. Right, it already happened. Yeah. I see. Gosh. Good yeah. fact. Mm. One piece of news, well, not really news, but um, an, a news item I enjoyed was that Blanca Paloma from Spain, who was, of course, wonderful with EAEA, it only came 17th in the end in the grand final. Mm. She was ninth with the juries. She was last in the televote. But she conducted herself so professionally throughout the contest. And what she said, I really liked. She just stop focusing on the winner, on the formula to win. This is about the experience. This is about the creativity that is is in Eurovision, the melting pot of creativity, different cultures, um, different music styles. She was so pleased with how her music and her style came across and she, she commended the team she had. But it was getting back to the, the reality of what is actually important here is the singing, the songs and the artistry. And I think at this season, it got quite toxic towards the end. There was so much around, around who won and whether it was worthy and all that stuff. And it's like, no, let's just celebrate how many amazing songs there were from different countries. Yeah, and for fans like us, we just have taken so many of those songs to our hearts, haven't we? Mm. And, and I, I think that's yeah. completely what it is. And I can't wait to dive into their back catalogues and see what else they put out. Yeah. I think this year more than ever, I'm more excited about doing that. Yeah, I've already seen that Vesna have put out a new song and it's have really they? good. Oh, yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. There was someone else that I was listening to as well. I can't think who it was now. But anyway, Spotify was recommending them to me and good I was stuff. enjoying it. Excellent. So it was good. Yay. Yeah. In other news, someone who we enjoyed so much at the Melfest pre-weekend party has done something rather incredible in Sweden, has she not? Yeah, and it involves the masked singer. Ugh, well, I don't like the Masked Singer, <laughs> but this is the only time I'll allow talk of the Masked Singer. 
Yeah, so Clara Hammerstrom has only gone and won the whole damn thing. Bless her. She, I didn't realise she was so much of a celebrity in Sweden, but she clearly is. Well, she's had number ones. Hmm. So, yeah. So, in Eurovision, of course, Run to the Hills. Lots of others, I think. At least one. Something about a broken heart. Oh, yeah, the beat, beat of, of a broken heart. heart. That's yes. the one. Yeah. So, I will look forward to her star rising a bit more then with a post win. Yes. Maybe even a return to Melody Festival. In. Well, this is what we were thinking about. We were talking about that the other day, weren't we? Who's going to actually perform for Sweden this year? Because we were talking about Dotter, whose new single is out, which is really good. Yeah. Um, we're talking about Clara Hammerstrom. Um, what about Mon Zelmelo coming back? He's already said that he won't come back now. Oh, you might have said that before. I don't know. It being in Sweden. Can you imagine winning in Sweden? Yeah, but a double win is hard, isn't it? Mm. I think if any country can do it, it's Sweden. Yeah, I suppose. Sweden. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's time we left such deliberation behind and told the beautiful, wonderful listeners what we do in our regular episodes. Of course, some of you will already know because you're confirmed committed listeners (laughs) and we thank you for your patronage. So the structure is as follows. Each episode, we aim to play seven Eurovision songs based on seven different categories. What are the first three, Ryan? The first three are from different periods in Eurovision history. We start with a song from the last five years, then a song from five to 15 years, so 2009 to 2018. And thirdly, an archive, which is anything pre-2009. And those years have all moved now because we've just had a year of Eurovision. we've got a rolling year system. Mm. How high-tech is that? I know. I'm very excited. The second three are a UK entry, a song that failed to make it past the semi-finals but still deserves to be celebrated, and the Juice Award for an act that never got to Eurovision but should have done, named after the mighty Juice who should have qualified back in the 90s. And then we hand over to the randomizer, who has been getting dusty and ignored for so long that they're probably going to be pretty pissed. Yeah, we could get anything out of the randomizer any year, any, any song, any performer. It's going to be something from the 70s performed by an old man. That's my prediction. We'll see. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> and it will have come last place. Yes. <laughs> so if you're on board... For this format, this structure to our regular podcast, it's time for us to sit back, wiggle our toes. <laughs> what? It's time for us to <laughs> It's time for us to sit back and listen to that familiar anthem. I'm leaving that in. <laughs> wiggle our toes. Apparently we wiggle our toes now. <laughs> So we're going to start with the last five years, which is now 2019 to 2023. And we're choosing something from 2021. Now, this might sound controversial, but we're going to explain our decision shortly. We are playing the Russian entry. And what was it, Ryan? It was Russian Woman by Manisha. So double Russian. Double Russian. Russia, Russia. Если ты одна 
ручечки, ручки. Ночи ночи ждем мы корабля, ждем мы корабля, очень очень ночи до утра ждем мы корабля, ждем мы корабля. А что ждать? Встала и пошла. Тебе уж за 30 Алло, где же дети? Ты в целом красива Но вот похудеть бы на день подлиннее На день покороче Расслаби за отца, делай то, что не хочешь Ты точно не хочешь, не хочешь, а надо Послушайте правду, мы с вами не стадо Вороны, пиш-пиш, прошу, отвалите Теперь зарубите себе на носу Я вас не виню, а себя я чертовски люблю So we've just listened to Russian Woman by Manisha for Russia in 2021. What did you think? It's so powerful, isn't it? Just, oh, yeah. So good. And hugely political as well. And anyone thinking, why are they playing Russia of all countries, given the war with Ukraine and they're banned from Eurovision now? Yeah, but this is the last Russian entry. And in fact, she got lots of hate and trauma from the fact that she was representing Russia. She got lots of hate mail because she's um, strongly supportive of LGBTQIA. Mm. And um, yeah, and when Russia invaded Ukraine, she released a single in protest called Soldier and she's been very vocal about, um, well, anti-Putin and the war with Ukraine. So yeah, that's why we're playing it. We're not celebrating Russia, we're celebrating those people in Russia who are anti what's going, going on. Yeah, and it's kind of important to kind of almost mourn the creativity that we are losing from the conflict on all sides. But, you know, if this is going to be the last time we see Russia for a long time, it's a really poignant one to sort of leave it on. Um, but also brilliant that it was so political and it's about lifting women up, um, downtrodden Russian women, but also, you know, 
saying they can do incredible things and just having them all on the screen, all those Russian women. Yeah, the, the diversity in that sort yeah. of massive Zoom call and then how everyone on the stage turns to sing to the screen. And celebrate them. Yeah, and I'm sure if you really drill down into that, there's the whole spectrum of yeah. women are deliberately represented yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. I think the only thing I would say about that song, which I always forget, is the first hour and, hour and 45, <laughs> I said hour and 45, it does feel a little like that. The first minute 45 is the rapping. There's the fun bit with the dress, which I love, the big Russian dress that she climbs out of and she's just no red overalls. But it's it's at minute 45, then it starts with that real anthemic bit. Yeah. The choral bit. But up to that point, I find it a little unmemorable. But from that point on, I just love it. See, I remember being really confused by this song. And then when I actually saw it on the stage, something absolutely clicked about it to me. But I think it was also because I this was a year that I didn't fully immerse myself in it beforehand. So I only heard snippets. And right. I think I only heard a snippet of the end part. Right. So I was like, well, this is fairly traditional, a yeah, bit. Yeah. What's it got? Where's the edge or where's uh-huh. the something, the uniqueness to it? But, you know, I mean, after 2023, it's all about the songs of two halves, isn't it? Yeah, and totally. for a song to, to do that and shift so dramatically in tone, you kind of almost get two songs. Yeah. Which is really good. Manisha herself said this is a song about the transformation of a woman's self-awareness over the past few centuries in Russia. A Russian woman has gone an amazing way from a peasant hut to the right to elect and be elected, from factory workshops to space flights. She's from Tajikistan, and a lot of Russian viewers took offence to a singer from Tajikistan or of Tajikistan descent singing about Russian women. But also, as I said, the singer's activism for LGBT rights and women's rights made them leave hate comments for her on YouTube, Instagram, and all the other usual suspects. So, yeah. yeah. She suffered through it, but I'm sure she's used to that crap, being from Russia. <laughs> yeah. So, how do you think it did in the contest? Do you remember? I can't remember. I know it probably didn't come top three. I honestly can't remember. Maybe 11th? It was 9th. Oh, okay. So yeah. that's not too far off. Yeah, but it did well, didn't it, really? Considering how strong contests are in recent years, I think to come ninth is really good. Yeah. I guess you may have got a little bit of flack because Little Big didn't come back either. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. What position do you think it came in the semi-final? Ooh. Third. Yes. Really? Yes. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> I'm learning about the semi-finals oh. now. <laughs> It's all about whether they're strong or not, isn't it, as well? And mm. but you can have completely different results depending on order and all of those different things. But yeah, that was Russian Woman by Manisha. Very much enjoyed that. Mm. So what's the next category, Ryan? So next up, it's our 5 to 15 years, which is 2009 to 2018. Gosh. And who have we got? So we're going right up to the 2018 mark. Uh-huh. We've got Sarah Alto with monsters for Finland. Oh, I remember that one. Closed my eyes so I couldn't see it Felt so numb But now I'm ready to feel it So tonight I'm making friends with all the creatures that are hiding there and to these monsters 
that was Monsters by Sarah Alto. Yeah. Now, do you recognise her? Do you know her? No. I'd be lying if I said I did. <laughs> okay. So I just reminded you that we saw a really fun music video that she did with Bag of Chips, the drag queen, oh, yeah. a few years ago. But also, she should be well known to viewers in the UK. Well, those that still watch The X Factor. Um, she was runner-up in the 13th series of The X Factor in the UK. Okay. There you go. She'd previously come second in the first season of The Voice of Finland, but then tried her chances over here in the UK to get greater recognition. And later on, she became a judge on X Factor Finland. What did you make of Sara Alto's performance? I thought it was a lot of fun for yeah. something that's fairly simple staging. Yeah. Which sounds weird when you start on a rotating disc and go upside down. Mm. But, you know, there wasn't like crazy stuff going on but the thing that was interesting was that her vocal is so strong yeah. despite all of the I mean that's stuff she's, she's doing. done so well in many singing competitions her voice is just properly there yeah it's one of those one you go oh yeah when people have really good voices mm. yeah they're really good aren't they <laughs> yeah, exactly strangely yeah so how do you think this song did I'm feeling like it didn't do too well because I don't remember it right okay and it's the sort of song that is right up my street yeah I was thinking that when I was watching it right yeah I I was like why don't I know this why haven't I got this on every single playlist so what position did it come 14th 25th ow yes from 17th in the grand final it was 25th but obviously it qualified from the semi-final yeah what position do you think it was in the semi-final second Tenth. Tenth. Ooh. So it just squeaked really pretty much what happened to Serbia just about. Oh, right, yeah. Because Serbia was tenth and then it ended up 24th, didn't it? So very similar. Yeah, but yeah. I can't see why this didn't do well on the night because it's a good party song and yeah. you don't need to hear it many times to get it. I don't, I don't care at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I really liked it at the time. I think the Eurovision fandom were considering it a favourite. Mm-hmm. But... As we've seen, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not really relevant, but she is one of us. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> She's a lesbian. Oh! <laughs> and out proud with that as well, which, I don't know. I just like that in my Eurovision. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Good. Well, it is Pride Month as well, isn't it? It is, yeah. Oh, and also, should, we should say that she does lots of musical theatre work and yeah that song which she did with Bag of Chips is called When the Sun Goes Down and that was back in 2020 I thought it was much more recently than that <laughs> but go and look at that on YouTube because it's a fun video yeah okay so we're going to move on from Sarah Alto to our next category which is the over 15 years slot so is this the anything between 56 and whatever it is yep yeah, wow so what have we chosen so we've gone with Serbia in 2007 and we've got Molitvar by Maria Serafovic Ljubav 
ljubavi se nove boji, a dane žive rane više ne broji. was Malitvar by Maria Serifovic for Serbia in 2007. Do you know the song, Ryan? Well, I know it one. Right. But I don't think I've ever watched it from start to finish. Okay. So, no, I don't really know the song. So, what did you think of the performance? I thought it was really powerful and it was all very connected and, yeah, emotional and connected and strong. Yeah. Brilliant singer. Just amazing. So strong. I do think it's a really weird setup, though, even though it's thought out. Like, you've got these six women or five women behind her who look like Charlie's Angels or something. And it's like they're in the cool, sexy girls club at school. And she's allowed, she kind of like can't really join the gang, but they kind of, she's wandering around them in the playground a bit. It just feels a bit like that to me that they're so statuesque and beautiful. And then she's kind of normal. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I mean? It's just a bit weird choice. But I think there's also because they're like, they're all in tuxes, but they're all in ties. And she's the lead singers in a bow tie that's undone. Yeah. But her jacket is undone, so yeah. she's a bit more informal. Yeah. So there's that conflict of yeah. them being all presented like that as well, I suppose. Yeah. So, you know it won. Yeah. What the 2007 final reminds me of is the last final we had, which was all about Finland versus Sweden. This year, it was all about Serbia versus... Do you know who it was who was second? No. It was Verka Sadushka with Dancing Lasha Tumba. Oh, right. And okay. It, it was again, it was the big ballad versus the novelty song. Oh. And which should win. Yeah. 
And again, the, the ballad won. And Verka Sidushka was obviously second with Dancing Lash at But, um, you know, anyone worried about Carrier <laughs> and people not remembering it? Well, look at Verka Sidushka. She's a legend of Eurovision. Yeah. And I think he will be too. But yes, that, that balance of the televote and the, and the jury and etc. So this was Serbia's first time in the contest. It had been Serbia and Montenegro before, mm-hmm. but it was this first independent entry and it won. Wow. First time. <laughs> Go <laughs> Serbia. Yeah. That would be quite a lot of pressure to then come back after that. <laughs> I'd be like, one and done. There yeah, you go. <laughs> finished. Leaving now. Yeah. Bag the trophy. What I always remember is the Eurovision party we had that year. We had a really big Eurovision party. And Marisa and I knew what was going on. We knew it was between these top two. I thought that Dancing Nasha Tumbai would win. Mm-hmm. She thought this would win. So we had them the wrong way around, first and second. Well, she had them the right way around. And she <laughs> I think we both got the top five that year. Exactly. Wow. Interestingly, the rest of the people at the party had no clue what was going on, had no idea what should be the favourite or why. They didn't understand any of it. It's funny how people can come to a party and have no clue what is the good song. But were these people that were literally being introduced to it on the night? Yeah. Yeah. And that's the issue that we need to remember as fans is those people vote. And they all had Scooch in their top five. It was the Scooch year. (laughs) So it's like... Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is also the year of Shake It Up Shekarim. Oh, okay. Keenan Dogulu, who came fifth. So, and it was the year also of the, the Sexy School Girls, which are a bit dodgy now from Russia. But yeah, very strong year. Uh, but this was the best of the lot. What I loved was when we had that 2020 non-year and Maria Zivovich came back and performed performed it on, I think it's on the roof of a building or something. But it was amazing. Yeah, they they all do a rooftop performances, didn't they? Mm. Yeah. And this one was one of the best because Molochvar is just brilliant. It means prayer, by the way. The English version of the song is titled Destiny, but I've never heard that. Um, I've only ever heard it in Serbian. And also, fun fact, it wasn't until Salvador Sobral won for Portugal that um, a song in a foreign language won after this one. Really? Yeah. Gosh. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, of course, the two was was um, English, and a lot of the winners are English, even though you know we all say we want. I think Eurovision fans want it in. Well, Maneskin was in Italian, wasn't it? Yes, Cito Petoni. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of any uh, like it's like going through them. Yeah, there is a bit of a resurgence. Of... I definitely think so. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for listening to Eurovision Queens. Why not come and have a conversation with us on Twitter at EuroQueensPod or if you're on Instagram, we're Eurovision Queens where we're uploading lots of very exciting reels. On both of those, there's also a link in our bio to our Spotify playlist for everything that we've played in the show so far. Back to the show. So we've just come back from our ad break and we're going to change the mood slightly from Mollet Farm. I don't think we could get anything more different, actually. We're going all the way back to 1978 for our UK entry, which is what? The Battle Days by Coco. Uh Uh-huh. (laughs) Mm-hmm-hmm. Tossed and turned. 
I was lost for learning like a song without a key. Remember when I was all alone without a soul to call my friend? Who'd have thought those days would ever end? So that was the Bad Old Days by Coco, representing the UK in 1978. I really want your immediate reaction to that rhyme, because the faces you were pulling as we were watching that. <laughs> that was a lot. I just, I don't understand why they were wearing such tinsely, glittery, multicolours. <laughs> it was 1978. Because colour had just been invented back then, so no, everyone was dabbling with it. it was invented a lot before that, 68, 67. <laughs> but I, I think... the. I'm confused because they're singing about the bad old days before they met someone. Yeah. So it's like you ended the bad old days. But why are you just singing about the bad old days? It's just weird. There's okay. something weird about it. Okay. Sorry, I'm coming in strong. You are coming in strong. <laughs> I think it's also quite shouty. Yeah, now, what I really wanted to do was play you the track on Spotify or something else because it's actually a good recorded track. Okay. But they performed it quite badly. Or at least the mix was wrong. The orchestra was too loud. They were also quite pitchy and it was quite... Yeah. And it was quite screechy and... It's actually a song I like to listen to. I could see by the end of it, it was sort of starting to find its feet and I was sort of getting into it, but it took a long time to get there. Can I just play you a bit of it on Spotify? Yes, please. I have to say I've heard the recorded version more than I've ever watched the live version. Yeah, I can see why. (laughs) But um, that's just because you don't go back to the live recordings, really, do you? You listen to whatsoever's on Spotify or previously on CDs. We had a CD of the best Eurovision songs, and it it was heavily loaded with UK songs, and this was one Mm -hmm. of them. And we used to play it every Eurovision night. Yeah, it's got more plinky-plonky and... 
like digital sounds in yeah. it as well. But that's just not on the stage at all, is it? Because it, obviously it's been performed by an orchestra. Yeah. And also their outfits are just really weird, aren't they? Like Cheryl, like Cheryl Baker's in that gold bikini and she's got a weird thing on her hat and on her head and she's got that big white daphnous cloak. And Yeah, they needed another Go draft uh, <laughs> stage presence, but it was before there was stage presence, wasn't there? Well, I don't know, because the year before we had Rock Bottom, which was very deliberate, you know, the, the piano and the two... Pl- but I feel that was the first time that staging was really considered. No, in... because before that you've got Brotherhood of Man where the staging is everything. Save Your Kisses for Me. Mm. So, 1976, Save mm-hmm. Your Kisses for Me, UK won, first place. Rock Bottom, we were second. Mm-hmm. What position was Coco? Fourth? It was 11th. It was the worst we'd done for years and years, and they returned home with their with their heads held very low. Indeed, um, it was a disaster. It was considered a disaster on the night. I can see that. You can see that happening, though, can't you? Having watched mm, that performance, yeah. yeah. But it had a lot of radio play. I remember it being around at the time and listening to it and thinking, "Oh, this is really good. We're going to win again." You know, we were all quite yeah. certain. And of course, Terry Wilkins' commentary at the end there, he said, "Oh, well, that's got the best applause of the night. It's going to be surely in the lead," but. Very wrong, although Terry Wogan was often wrong. <laughs> but yeah, 11th place, gosh. And we should, of course, mention that Cheryl Baker was part of the group mm-hmm. who went on to join Bucks Fizz later on and, of course, won in 1981. So she didn't have long to wait, three years. Yeah, so she got her redemption. So she wasn't the one to blame. No, although whoever, <laughs> whoever put her in that outfit was. Yeah. Let me tell you a bit more about Coco. Mm-hmm. So it was one of those bands that had different band members and it changed and people added to it. And yeah, they um, performed for a song for Europe before and they were in the 1976 final and then they, they did it again in 1978. This song was written by Stephanie de Sykes and Stuart Slater. Stephanie de Sykes was also someone who um, is kind of a big Eurovision name in the UK. Um, she also wrote Prima Donna's Love Enough for Two in 1980 which i think was second so yeah she and i think she'd written a lot of other ones as well but you know these were ones that got to the final battle mm-hmm. days and love enough for two so yeah it's not really a surprise based on that performance but the version we played in for this yeah. episode you'll have heard a better version but i'm also not surprised that i've never heard it <laughs> wow i've never heard that before have you not no i've never even heard it mentioned i have a feeling that you'll be humming along to that in the car I don't think. (laughs) I think you will. In time. In time. Okay, we're moving on to our semi-final exit category. So this is a song that didn't make it past the semi-finals, but possibly should have done. Who have we got? We've got Maya Dimsik. Yeah. With Guilty Pleasure for Croatia in 2022. And just to say, this song was requested and suggested by Kerry Ahern. And via email, thank you, Kerry, for your email. You too can ask for songs in this way or via Twitter, whatever. But it's it was a really good choice, as we will see. Dreamt of you last night, woke up, you weren't there. Five nights in a row of dreams I'd never share You come without a warning early in the morning Timing's never been our thing Leaving me with guilt, the only souvenir you bring I'm with him and you're a secret treasure He's 
So that was Maja Dimsik of Croatia back in 2022 with Guilty Pleasure. It's a pretty little song, isn't it? It is. It's lovely. It's a nice little song. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like a little delicate flower. Yeah. <laughs> it's nicely put together. It's melodic. It's fun. It's memorable. I'm not sure about all of the... There's a lot of interpretive yeah, dance going on. Yeah, interpretive dance going on, going on in there? the background. There's, there's an interpretive dance love triangle. Yes. With one female and two male dancers yeah. and the female dancer sometimes mirrors the singer yeah but it's a bit distracting isn't it um i don't think it actually helps the song but it's pretty yeah, yeah. it's a bit like yeah interpretive dance is always a little bit like what are they trying to do yes and, yeah. yeah so this was croatia's follow-up entry to albina and tiktok in 2021 which of course we mm. remember came 11th just missed out yeah. On getting to the final. What position do you think this came for Croatia? Probably 11th again. It was. Oh, no. Two years in a row, Croatia was killed in 11th place. Quite a gear shift from TikTok, though. Yeah. And, of course, this year, gear changed to let three, but they get through. Finally, they get through the semi-final. So, yeah. yeah. I like that. I like when people never do the same thing twice. Well, they certainly didn't. If you think about that, Albina to, to Maya Dimsic to let three. That's, yeah. that's a journey. 
quite the trajectory. It is, isn't it? So it won the Croatian contest, of course, Dora in 2022. People said it was like Taylor Swift's song um, Willow. Do you know that? Because I don't know it. I don't know that one. No, I don't. Comparisons were made, but Dimsic denied the accusation that there's any plagiarism going on. I feel that that's like a female thing as well, though. If it, if it's a female artist with a guitar and they're doing quite poppy ballady songs, oh, right? People make those claims. Yeah, yeah. She has received various awards and nominations in her native Croatia, and "Guilty Pleasure" has actually been nominated for Song of the Year. Wikipedia says the result is pending. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, thank you to Kerry for suggesting this song. Absolutely worthwhile entry in this slot, the semi-final exit. Could easily have gone through with that song, couldn't it? Absolutely. But I'm kind of intrigued because it's very much something juries would vote for, I would say, rather than televote. Or maybe it's a split of both, you know? Yeah, I feel like it's that little bit of a split. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, a bit of my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> so, our next song is... The Juice Award. I need you to go to Eurovision. Who have we got? We've got someone that we know. <gasps> We've got someone from 2023. Uh, 2023 alumni. But in 2022, they mm-hmm. failed to represent Australia. I know who it is then. It must be Voyager. It is Voyager. But what's the song? Dreamer. Oh. <laughs>
So that was Dreamer by the wonderful Voyager, our new favourite rock band after Eurovision 2023. (laughs) (laughs) They're just full of so much joy, aren't they? They're just so good at what they do as well. Yeah. And they've just got that little bit of an edge to them that is just sort of that weird 80s-esque element. Yeah, which they kind of lean into and they don't take it too seriously, Mm. but they're also really brilliant musically. Yeah. They are Daniel, Danny Estrin, Simone Dow, Scott Kay, Ashley Dudecourt, and Alex Canyon. Love Simone so much. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think we talked about it on another episode, but she she bears repetition. Yep. Brilliant. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm just so glad that they actually have been on the Eurovision stage as well. Yes. Like I feel like we would have absolutely been denied yeah. Eurovision gold. Yeah. And they should have been higher than ninth in this year's Eurovision, but it was still a good result. They were in my top five. Yeah, and mine. Amazing. I would say that Promise is a better song than Dreamer. I think they're quite similar songs. This one's like the little brother. Yes, it is, isn't it? The younger brother. Yeah. And it's like developed into Promise. And I'm so glad that they stuck at it uh, because you can tell that they love Eurovision because they were like, no, we want to. Well, I think they were internally selected this year. Oh, were they? Yeah, I don't think they won Australia Decides. They were selected. Oh, okay. Yes, there was no Australia Decides this year. Now, the big question, of course, about Australia is, will they come back? There's a question about Maori costs, about funding. But I think it would be such a shame not to have Australia there. They bring something different. I just think they get it as well. Yeah. And they take it seriously. They take it seriously. They're good at what they do. Yeah. And yeah, it's just good. Yeah, so much fun. I'd be sad if they weren't in it anymore. And I can't wait until their eighth studio album comes out, Fearless in Love, which Promise will be on. I'm definitely going to be listening to that. Oh, and they've also just sold out their show in London, haven't they? They're coming back in November. You know, they're a firm fan favourite. I also saw that Luke Black has has got shows in London. I was like, I would love to see Luke Black perform again. Anyway, sorry for the Eurovision 2023 talk. But yeah, I can see why this was a strong contender back in, when was it, 2022? Yeah. Last year. But well, and it was lucky enough that they also performed this at the 2023 party, didn't they? Yeah, that we saw. So yeah, so we got double oh, yeah. Voyager for it, which was great. Yeah. I didn't know this song then. No, oh, but that's why it's familiar to us, because we heard this as well. Of course we did. We were so lucky. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> brilliant he's such a good performer honestly but you can see where they upped the game everything was just a bit more polished for 2023 and over the top but also yeah it was it was a stronger song yeah yeah well that has seen us on firm ground we've had some really good songs but we don't know what's going to happen next do we oh god are we handing over to the randomizer (laughs) we totally are so are we ready no (laughs) I'm set up in advance so I've only got to click one button the button is the generator generator button yes right so what year do we think it's going to be oh it's a bad one it's going to be a bad one 71 I'll say 73 (laughs) (laughs) oh 2017 that's a surprise okay okay and then we've got to find out how how many songs there were so there were 26 songs song 11. 11 So out of all the songs it was possible to choose, this has never happened before, the randomizer has actually chosen a winner. Yeah, and also one that you mentioned earlier in the show. This is Salvador Sobral for Portugal, one with the highest points ever in Eurovision, (laughs) with um, Amar Pelodois.
Se um dia alguém perguntar por mim Diz que vivi para te amar Antes de ti só existi Cansado e sem nada para dar So, looking back at Salvador Sobral's win for courtesy of the randomizer, <laughs> what do you make of it today, Ryan? Oh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I never liked this song. Right. I'm sorry. I know, I know technically it's good. Yes. I just, something about it hits me and I just, it just kind of bounces off of me in a way. Like, I know it's good. I know it's emotional. Mm-hmm. I know it's well put together and everything. Yeah. But I just go... Yeah. Yeah. I can see it punching through in the show as well. And I think it's performed so well. well Everything sure. about it is good. Well, I don't but... know. I'm not sure it is. I think it's performed kind of awkwardly. And it's a bit, feels like a bit, a bit. Performy. Uh, uncomfortable. The way he does things with his hands. Yeah. And he's a bit hunched. And I know it's kind of deliberate. And it's, it's obviously an authentic performing style for him. But that put me off. I remember thinking it was a bit creepy. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's just me putting on stuff that I feel and it doesn't mean the song is not good I was surprised on the night that it did so well I when, can... it, when it won I wasn't like angry I remember thinking yeah it was a worthy winner but yeah I can't remember what else was around it in the night but I can I can see it being a bit of a palate cleanser of the night you know like a, a time to catch your breath and 
So let's just see. So it came after... Um, and we had Hey Mama from the um, Sunstroke Project, which, of course, with third was only a few songs before. Mm-hmm. I don't remember Denmark, where I am. There was that horrible Occidentalese Karma one that everyone thought was going to do so brilliant for Italy, which I couldn't stand. <laughs> Beautiful Mess for Bulgaria was second. That was the second last to be performed. It was, And, of course, we had Lucy Jones. It was that year when she was only 15th. But it was... It was a weird, it was a weird year I felt this year. Yeah. That's, that's, and, and of course it had the Yodel It song, which I love, but then there was the unfortunate thing where he kissed her at the end. Yeah. Oh. So, oh, and I think my favourite this year was um, Blanche, City Lights. That was my favourite, definitely. But lots of interesting stuff going on. Oh, and Robin Benson, I can't go on. Mm-hmm. I can't go on. It was a good year. So I think I was a bit disappointed, actually, this one. yeah i think part of it also just feels like a bit of a i feel like there's two or three bars in it that sound somewhere like it should be in beauty and the beast Uh uh-huh there's a little bit of a disney soundtrack i know what you mean thing in there somewhere the thing i used to hate about it as well was when he won when he was saying we live in a world of fast food music this is a victory for proper music sort of thing which i remember him saying and i was furious i was like what so you're just going to rubbish all the other artists yeah, but then you must enjoy the fact that he then had to give the trophy to Netta, to, to Netta yeah. the year after. <laughs> well, apparently, he, since then, he's regretted his comments. And he said, I was I was I sounded arrogant saying that stuff. And that, that was wrong of me to say it. She said, yeah. He said, I spoke nonsense on the night. So I'm glad he came. Glad and he it's nice that. to admit that as yeah, well. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, wow, the randomizer chose out of all the possible songs, it chose a winner. That's incredible. Yeah. Well, here's us saying it's going to choose something that's last place. I know. So, it went, well, I'm going to prove you wrong, yeah. bitches. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, it was keeping its powder dry, wasn't it? The old randomizer. Mm. So, that was the last one of the night. But what is the theme of the episode then? Well, we've had two winners. We've had a few pretty little songs. Pretty little songs. We've had Russian women. We've had monsters. We've had a prayer. We've had uh, harking back to the battle days. Oh, so we've had such a variety of songs and performances in this episode. We've decided we can't come up with a theme that works. So we're just going to call this the return of the regular episode. Yeah, fair. (laughs) Yeah. So I hope you've enjoyed spending some time with us as we've gone back through songs and performances of yesteryear. It's been fun getting back on the horse, hasn't it? Yeah, we've been all over the place as well, haven't we? (laughs) We have. I feel like we've been all over the place. We've had a bit of everything. Yeah. We've still gone predominantly female artists. Well, the randomizer try put paid to that. Yeah. <laughs> we had Voyager as well, the rock group. Yep. Yeah. We've had ballads. We've had some more poppy numbers. Yeah. All over the place. All over. So, all that remains for us to do is to tell you our socials so you can get in touch with us. They include on Twitter at EuroQueensPod. On Instagram, we're Eurovision Queens. And on email, EurovisionQueens at gmail.com. And we put all of our regular episode songs on a playlist. On Spotify. All you have to do is search Eurovision Queens and you'll find the playlist almost immediately. And yeah. And it's a banger. It is. It's a long banger, but it's a banger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Until next time. I have been Andy. I've been Ryan. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Eurovision Queens. If you enjoyed the episode, I know that Andy and Ryan would love to hear from you on email, Twitter or Instagram. Better still, why not leave them a review on Apple Podcasts so that other Eurovision fans can find them.